here. Peace is here. Love is here because God, you are here. So God, right now in the name of Jesus, every attack that the enemy was sent out against us, God, dealing with sickness, dealing with disease. God, we rebuke right now in the name of Jesus. God, we bind every hindering spirit that will come to try to hinder, that will come to try to harass us on today in Jesus' name. God, we just thank you for your son, Jesus. We thank you for the blood that he shed on Calvary. We thank you for the Holy Spirit on today. And we thank you, Father, that we have been crucified with Christ. And it's no longer us who live, but it's Christ who lives in us. In Jesus name. Amen. Come on and give God another hand clap of praise. <laughs> Hallelujah. We're going to continue the teaching that I was uh, teaching last Sunday. So turn with me to Matthew 28 and I'm going to begin at verse 18 and we're going to see if we get to verse 20. Matthew 28, beginning at verse 18, and we want to hear what the Spirit of the Lord has to say unto the church on today. Amen. God always have a word for his people and know that his word is what brings life unto us. And this is why the enemy, he does not want us to get into the word of God because he know when we get into the word and it gets in us, he know what it's going to bring and it's going to bring life. So Matthew 28, I'm reading out the expanded Bible. Then Jesus came to them and said, all power, authority in heaven and on earth is, has been given to me. So go and make followers, disciples of all people in the world, the nations, baptize them in the name of the father and of the son and of the Holy Spirit. Teach them to obey everything that I have taught, commanded you. And I will be with you always, even until the end of the world. You may be seated. When we go into the word of God, we need a helper and we need a teacher, which is the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit, he will illuminate the word. He will shed light to the word. He will, he will let us know what God is saying unto us. You just cannot read the word of God and come up with your own interpretation. You have to allow the Holy Spirit to shed light upon what you're reading. So when you read, you go into study and then you go into meditation. Amen. Because you want to break down what the word is saying. Every word in the Bible does not mean the same thing because it is the same word. And I want to bring that out because sometimes people look at scripture and the King James, it said, and Jesus came and spake unto them saying, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. But then in 19, it say, go ye therefore and teach. If we don't know, some people look at teach as teaching a person that mean making disciples. So if you don't go into the word of God and open it up in Greek, you would think it's saying teach. And that's not what it's saying. This is how the enemy have the body of Christ so confused because we'll read it and we take it for what we think it is instead of studying, opening up the word of God to see what it's saying to us 
um, through what God want us to see. Amen. So remember, don't take every word as being the same word because you have to teach in that same verse of scripture and both of them do not hear what I'm saying mean the same thing. And people will go out and quote that scripture and try to tell you that that's what it's saying and that's not what it's saying. So I had to clear that up because I think some people are still saying teach, but that means to make disciples. So let's go back to 18. Then Jesus came to them and said, the ones that Jesus is talking to is his disciples. I said last week that he had more than 12 disciples. He had a lot of followers that followed him. So, but Jesus chose out of all those followers, 12. He just didn't say any, many, mighty, mo. He prayed unto the father and he asked the father, who would those 12 um, disciples be, which is known as the apostles of the Lamb? So as he prayed, he chose them. And those are the ones that he was teaching them everything that need to be taught because they were learners. They were followers of Christ. They were pupils of Christ. And one thing that he did when he, before he even began to really get into, you know, all the teachings that he was going to teach them. This is what Jesus wanted them to know. We went over this, Luke 9, 23. It said, he said unto all, if any person will come after me, that follow, if any person will follow me, come after me, let him deny himself. Deny means to disown himself, forget, lose sight of himself and his own interests. Let me wrap that up. What that mean is you crucifying yourself. That mean it's not about you no more. And I think that's the problem when it comes to the body of Christ. We make it about us. We want everything to be about us. We want people to see us, hear us, be attached to us, see me, hear me, be attached to me. But when you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, it's no longer you that live. That's why the, the verse of scripture says in Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. You got to know that you've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer you who live, but it's Christ who lives on the inside of you. When you put him First and foremost, you can live that new life you have in Christ. This is why the word of God says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have been made new. You don't go on the old no more. That old sin nature, it is dead and gone. The only problem is it left some habits. And those habits are in your soulish realm. Your spirit has become new. That's where you got born again at, in your spirit. The devil cannot touch your spirit. Your spirit is sealed until the day of redemption. He knows that. And you need to know that. Everything you need is in your spirit. But your soul is... Is wide open. That's your mind, your will, and your emotions. The enemy come to attack your mind. He knows if I can attack your mind, you won't be able to connect to the real you in your spirit, and the body won't receive that new life that you have from Christ. Everything you need is in your spirit, but you have to renew your mind. This is why the word of God said, be not conformed to this world. You cannot be conformed, adapted after the 
the patterns of this world. That means that you don't look to the world. You look to who you are now that you're in him. Whatever the world does, you don't do that no more because you are in the world, but you're not of the world. And until the body of Christ, the saints, the set apart ones realize who they are now that they are in Christ, they're going to be looking just like the world look, but they're going to say, I'm born again. There's a total different look that we have apart from the world. The world knows this because our lifestyle is totally different from their lifestyle. So we see that a a change have come and that change have come in the spirit. And this is what Jesus was telling them. It is not about you no more. It's about your new life now that you have in Christ Jesus. We have been hidden in Christ. Our life has been hidden in Christ. And I believe I've done this illustration with uh, Sister Patricia and her husband, Ricky. I did this illustration where she was behind him. When your life is hidden in Christ, they're supposed to see him and not you. And sometimes we want to come out of him. And we want people to see us, but God wants to be seen through you. He wants people to know it's no longer you who live, but it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. So everything we need is dependent on him. It's not dependent on us. And once we realize that, we can really live our new life now that we're in Christ. Look at your neighbor and say, my life is hidden in Christ. Say, it's no longer about me. It's about him. In him I live. In him I live. In him I live. In him I move. In him I have my being. Oh, isn't that so awesome? If you can grab on to what you have in him, you won't have to be worrying about you. Because you don't fit the bill. He's divine, we're the branches. And as long as we connect to that vine, we have all the nourishment that we need. Everything we need is in that vine. When a branch get broken off the vine, they die. Some of us, we're broken. And we're not looking to the author and finish of our faith, which is Jesus Christ. None of us could save ourselves. I want y'all to understand this. None of us could save ourselves. This is why God had to come off the throne. He had to take the form as a man. The word became flesh and dwelled among us and we beheld his glory. That's what they were saying. He had to come down and he had to live a sinless life in front of us. Letting us know we could not save ourselves. He is the savior. And if we know we could not save ourselves, when we accepted him and we believed in him and we took him as our Lord and as our Savior, that means our dependency is on him and not on us. And that's with everything in our lives. So God wants us to realize we cannot save ourselves. And until we realize that, we're going to... Try to save ourselves when it comes to healing, when it comes to our finances, when it comes to things that's happening around us. We're going to try to be the Savior. He's already saved us from every sickness, from every disease, from everything that we couldn't even imagine. He saved us from it by him dying on the cross. So for us to follow him, he's saying, I don't want you to look at you. I want you to look at me. 
I want you to focus so much on me. I don't care how your life is out of whack. You don't look at your life. You look at the new life you have in me. And you don't look at nobody else. You look at me and you can tell them how it need to be. Because it's not based on how you feel or what you want to do or how you want to do it. It's not based on your soulish rim. It's based on your spirit. So you got to pull out of your spirit who you are in him. When you pull it out of your spirit according to the word of God, guess what? Be not conformed to this world, but be you being ye transformed by there's a change coming by the renewing of your mind. Then you will know what the good and what the acceptable will of God is in your life. You will never know it until your mind is renewed. Just because you accepted Jesus, that's a good thing. But if you don't know who you have accepted and you don't know who you are, being that you have accepted him, is really doing you no good. You're just born again and you missing out on everything that you have in him. And you're going to keep looking for an identity that you already have in him. So we need to know our new identity and we need to know what we have in him. So Jesus had to teach these disciples before he sent them out. He had to do a transformation dealing with the way they would think to let them know it's no longer you no more. It is me. I want you to focus on me and what I do and how I do it. And that's what I want you to do. So his disciples had to lose interest in themselves. They had to give up. Look, their family. Remember when he was choosing his disciples, what did they do? They left their father. They left what they were doing and they followed Jesus. And that's what he want us to do. He said, whoever put their hand to the plow and look back is not worthy of the kingdom of God. So Jesus wanted them from that point on to seek ye first the kingdom and his way of doing and all of these things. Y'all, this is a promise. When you put him first and foremost in your life, when you put him first outside of everything else, you honoring what his word is saying. And when you honor his word, you honor him and all of these things that you need will be added unto you. God is not man that he should lie. Neither the son of man that he shall repent. Have he not said it? Shall he not do it? Have he not spoken it? Shall he not make it good? He is God and all of his promises in Christ. Listen to this. In Christ is yes and amen. So everything we need is in Christ and we're in Christ. So we have everything we need. Why are we living like we don't have everything that we need? Because we don't know who we are. See, that's why the Bible said the tradition of men make the word of God of none effect. When man is trying to do it, God is not in the picture and the word of God is going to be of none effect. So we need to do it God's way, the way God would have for it to be done and not the way we think it need to be done. And when we do it, everything we need will be added unto us. So those disciples had to give up themselves. And that's when he said, Then take up your cross. See, a cross represents crucifixion. 
So when they're taking up that cross, they're recognizing. I couldn't take up this cross until I recognize it's not about me. This is why we're led by the spirit and not by the flesh. The spirit quickens. The flesh profit you nothing. He said, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. So we have to go on the word of God. We cannot go on how we feel. We can't go on feeling. Y'all, faith is not a feeling. Some of us feel like if I don't feel God move, he ain't here. God ain't left because he said he will never leave you, nor shall he forsake you. He said he will be with you even until the end. So if you're waiting for goosebumps to see if God is there, then just keep waiting because you got to know God is there outside of a goosebump. You got to know God is there outside of somebody falling in the floor because you got to know deliverance from the power of God. Some of us don't know because that's what we was all always subjected to when we see people running all over the place. See, they could be emotionalized, not spiritualized. See, you got to know what the difference is. Some of us don't know the differences because we haven't been in the word of God to know the difference. We haven't, you know, been with the Holy Spirit to know how the Holy Spirit does and what he does. But when we see people cutting the food, sometimes people cut the food because they're so hurt. So they come to church to to let out their hurt and how they feel with people hurting them. Let a song come on to hit the hurt. It hit the hurt now. Because they get so hurt, they're just crying and people saying, oh, that's just the Lord. No, that's just them being emotionalized. Somebody hurt their feelings and they meditated on that all night. So when the song hit, oh, you're feeling, they just blow up. That's God talking to them. I knew it. You got to know the difference. But when somebody has really had an experience with God and they're truly in worship and they're worshiping him in spirit and in truth, you know the deep when the deep call of the deep. You know when they're really hollering out and God is doing something through them and for them. And ain't about who hurt them or what somebody said. Ain't about my husband hurt my feelings or my family don't want to be with me no more. Ain't about you being an outcast because you know you already been accepted in the beloved. You know that God hadn't rejected you. So you know this ain't about me. It's all about him. So when we come in worship. We worship him in spirit and in truth, not for somebody. Because see, when people are really worshiping God and they're singing unto the glory of God, let me tell you what I have learned. When someone is really singing with the heart of God and somebody began, the, the spirit began to flow through the service and somebody began to holler out. If they're singing with the heart of God, they're not gonna just pump it up because somebody hollered and think I hit something. No, they're going to stay right there and worship. Knowing that it ain't me that's doing this. It is the spirit of God that's working through me. That's bringing what need to be brought to the people. See, when we take our eyes off of us, God can truly move through us. You got to spend time with him. The disciples spent three years with Jesus. Now, I want y'all to check this out. Three years with Jesus, but when Jesus was getting ready to be crucified, when they took him in that place to do this to him, here come old Peter, the one that said, I will die with you. But Jesus said, the crop, what is it? 
It's going to crow, what, three times? And you're going to deny me thrice. Peter thought, ain't no way I would deny you. But when they started saying they were going to kill him and crucify him, I know him not. One version say he cussed. I know you not. But guess what? That didn't mean that he wasn't a true disciple. Jesus already knew. But when Peter began to talk about God, talk about Jesus, change did come because he had some Holy Ghost boldness. See, there is a difference, y'all. You got people that's talking tradition. You got people learning the letter of the law. But it's the letter that kills. It is the spirit that gives life. I can go to cemetery school and learn all the letter I want. But if it's not bringing life to the people, it was a dead school. People want degrees, but don't even know who they are and don't even know who the Holy Spirit is. Don't know that he's the one that releases the power of God. See, these men were unlearned men. They knew they were unlearned because they didn't get what they got. The Sadducees, the Pharisees, they didn't have all what they had. They knew that they didn't go to these schools like they did. They said, these are unlearned men. See, God will take somebody that people think that's unlearned and he will go through a place and set it on fire. Jesus spent all that time with Peter. Come on, y'all. And right at the end, Peter said, I know him not. (laughs) This happens, doesn't it? But God still had use of Peter. He know that we're going to mess up. He know that we're going to tell a little lie. A two, three, four. He know all of this about us. And some of us lie and don't even know we lying that we done lied so much. Ask somebody for $5. I wish I could help you, but I ain't got it. Yes, you do. You got it stuck over there in your savings and it's still your money. Pull it out and give it to them. I'm on a budget. That's my budget money. I don't mess. Well, why are you lying? You got $5. You just don't want to give it to them. Just be honest and say, I have it. But wisdom is telling me not to give it to you. Christian folks. Saints. See, that's why we have the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit will let us know how to answer. He'll let us know when we're hiding he money and she money in a marriage. And we're telling the wife, I don't have none, but you don't hear that he money. And the wife is telling him, I don't have none and she doesn't hear that she money. Come on, somebody. But we're saints. God is a good God, isn't he? That's why we have the Holy Spirit and we have to tell the truth. So in order to be his disciple, you got to give up yourself. It reminds me of the book of Ruth. Y'all know what happened to Naomi, her two sons and her husband. She was left with the two daughter-in-laws. And they were going to follow her. And who was it, Oprah? She turned back. She didn't want to follow her no more. But Ruth, she she clave unto her. She was joined unto Naomi. And she said, wherever you go, I'll go. She said, wherever you lodge, I'll lodge. She said, wherever you die, I'll die and I'll be buried there. She was giving up her life. She gave up her life. She didn't make it about her no more. Come on, who does that? A person whose heart is turned totally over to God. 
They don't mind giving up what they have. If God say, I want you to empty out your bank account, you don't mind doing it because you know that's what God is saying. You don't understand why he's saying it, but you're doing it because you have a relationship with him and he is more important than your money. Come on, when God told me to give up my job that I've been on for 13 years and I was like, surely God, you don't want me to come. What am I supposed to do? But when I heard God and when it was time for me to come off, see, God had to, he had to prone me. I needed some proning, y'all. I needed some shaking. So God had to let me go through the motions before I come off my job, before I came off my job. And y'all, I went through some shaking and some breaking. You hear me? Some of y'all don't want to go through no shaking and breaking. You just want God just to give it to you just like you are. You won't be able to keep it. See, some of us want things, but we ain't going to be able to keep those things because it's still about us and what we have. That's not a true disciple. See, God had to break me in every area of my life to see if I could trust him when it was nothing set before me. And when he truly broke me, that's when God say, now it's time for you to come off your job because you ain't looking at what you have. You looking to me, who is the author and finisher of your faith. That's a disciple. I had to wait for these things to happen in my life. God said, I got to get you right so you will know how to deal with all sorts of people. And y'all, I'm telling you something. It was a, it wasn't easy. Because some people had different attitudes. Everybody wasn't the same. I went through battle after battle. And this battle, y'all, was with Christians mainly. The ones that said that they knew Jesus. Those are the ones that was crucifying me. But I thank God for the crucifixion. I thank God that they hated me. Why? So I can love on him even the more. Some people didn't understand how can you love them and you know they hate you because that's what I supposed to do. And I could not do it without his help. I had to lean and I had to depend on him. And especially when your money is acting kind of funny. When they take your money, come on, they was taking position. But then when they took the money, God said, let me see if you can still stand. And I stood on his promise. I stood on his word. Be not weary and well doing. Because in due season you're going to reap if you faint not. So I had to hold on to his promise. And hold on to his word. And I'm going to tell you God fulfilled everything. That needed to be fulfilled in my life. And he's still fulfilling some things. Because God is faithful y'all. That's what a true disciple is. Is willing to give up what you have, knowing that God has already supplied it even before you have given it up. Because everything about my life was already written. Next verse of scripture we're going to go into. That's the first part of that. Then Jesus came to them and said, so we dealt with the disciples. He said, all power and authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. What was Jesus talking about? When we go, some of y'all may say, I already know. Well, you're going to hear it again. Because if you already know, you should live like you know. See, that's pride right there. So we're going back to the beginning. When we look at the beginning in Genesis 1, 26 through 28, it talks about how God created male and female in his image and his likeness. And he gave them dominion. That means he gave them authority over the earth. The heavens is the Lord's. The heavens and the heavens is the Lord, but the earth he has given to the children of men. 
And we know that he had given us that right to rule and reign on the earth. But what happened in Genesis 3? We see how the enemy came in and he deceived Eve. He came in and he took the authority away, the right to rule and reign over the earth. It was given over to Satan. But in Genesis 3, God gave a promise. He said that the seed of a woman would bruise the head of the serpent. Amen. So he was letting us know. He said, I haven't given up on you because Jesus is going to defeat him. Jesus is going to take back that authority from Satan. He's going to strip him of all of that. And y'all know he did. He took the keys away from Satan. He went to hell and he stripped him of his right to reign and rule in this earth. We get that right to reign and rule, not because of what we done, but because we're in Christ. That's where our authority comes from. It's being in Christ. It's not because you just got some keys. You got to be in Christ in order to have authority over the earth. So being that we do have this authority, we got to know how to use this authority. And some of us have not been taught how to use it. So we're going about saying things that we feeling that need to be said. And it's out of alignment with the word. If you don't know that Jesus have given us that right, then you're going to be in fear down here on earth when things begin to change and don't know you have the right and you have the authority. Let's look at this verse of scripture that says in Colossians 2, 15. No, Colossians 1, 13. It says, God who has freed, rescued, delivered us from the power, the authority, the dominion of darkness. He has freed us. He have rescued us. From the dominion of darkness. That means that Satan have no more power of or authority over us. What did he do? He translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. So we have to know that we have authority over Satan. He does not have authority over us. We have the right to rule and reign over him on this earth. We have the right to rule and reign over sickness and disease. We have that right. We have that authority. If you don't know you have it, you're going to allow sickness to dominate your body. And it has no right to dominate your body. You're going to allow depression and oppression to dominate you. It has no right to dominate you. Some of us say, well, you know, everybody gets sick. I just got to go through it. The devil is a lie. If he has defeated sickness and disease, though it come, you don't have to accept it when you know what God has done. Yes, this is trying to attack my body. Yes, a cold is trying, coughing all over people and saying, I ain't sick. Quit lying. See, you done told a lie. (laughs) I ain't sick. Nose running. Eyes all red, can't even walk straight. I ain't sick. I I am the healed of the Lord. You got to deal with, yes, it's attacking me. But the word of God says, by Jesus stripes, I was already healed. That mean I don't have to wait on my healing. I can command my healing because I have authority over sickness and disease. Go with me. I'm going to prove it to you. See, if you're in your word, you would know. Go to Matthew 10.1. This is dealing with those disciples and how he was training those disciples. And Jesus was a good teacher because he demonstrated even what he taught. Matthew 10 verse 1 it says, And when he called unto him his twelve disciples, 
He gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out. Now y'all check this out. He gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out. That means when an unclean spirit is standing before you, that spirit has taken up ground in that person. And when you recognize that spirit that's in that person, you want to talk to the spirit that's in the person, not the person. Just like Paul, Paul recognized that woman had a spirit of divination. What did Paul do? He didn't talk to the woman. He spoke to the spirit of divination. He said, come out of her. He had the power. He had the right to speak to that spirit. And that spirit had to come out of her in Jesus' name. Because your power and authority come through the name of Jesus and not through your name. So a person that's going through, even in their mind, even in their body, you have the right to cast it out in the name of Jesus. Why would you want to leave a person like they are when God has given you that right to deliver? See, that's why we need to be taught. Some people say, don't mess with that. You, I ain't messing with it. He is. You need to leave that alone. Them, them type of people kill you. They can't kill him. See, you got to know what you have now that you're in him. You have the right. Quit talking about your problem. Deal with the problem. How do you deal with it? With the authority that you have in Jesus' name. If it's sitting there in front of you, you speak to it. That's why he said, you speak to the mouth. Why are you telling me about that person with the unclean spirit? I have given you the right to cast it out. Not only for unclean spirits, he goes on to say, and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. No matter what type of sickness it is, no matter what type of disease it is, you have the authority. You have the right to tell it you can't inhabit that body. You don't have a right to that body. You go right now. But you know what people are doing? Soon as they hear COVID-19, they say they dead. They ain't going to make it. They on the ventilator. They just as good as dead. The phantom out. And you a saint. You speaking death. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. You don't supposed to be speaking death. You supposed to be speaking life. No matter how bad it look. You're supposed to be speaking not as the world speak, but you're supposed to be speaking the language of God. Things are out of place. It's not that you don't recognize what's in front of you, but you know the greater one is in you. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. When you get to the point of you saying, I'm not putting up with this, not even one more minute. When you get into the word of God long enough and the word is in you, you're going to automatically open your mouth without anybody telling you. Because you know what his words say. His word is above his name. So when you're speaking his word, you should know that his word is going to hit that target. Why do you think Jesus put people out? He knew where their mindset. You got to even shut sinks out. The ones that think they know Jesus, you got to, and if you around them and you know how they respond, you got to say, oh, I don't need you for this. You can't let them link up with you because their mindset ain't right. 
They, they looking at death and you looking at life. God is about life, period, poo. He's not about death. So when you spend time with him and he is life, you ain't speaking death no more. You speaking life. And sometimes in our mind, it do look so bad that, you know, thoughts be coming, but you got to cast them down. Didn't the scripture say cast them down? And every high thing that exalts itself from the knowledge of God, bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. See, Jesus taught his disciples well. Come on, when they walked with him, yes, some things they didn't understand. Yes, they were double-minded. But Jesus was there to put things in order the way they needed to be. This is why he said that we need a comforter, y'all. We need a helper. Because Jesus was on earth comforting them. He was helping them. He was leading them in the way that they should go. He only testified to what the father had to say. He didn't go outside of the father no matter how bad it seemed to be. He spoke what the father spoke. He did what the father did. Even when it didn't look right. Even when they were dead as a doorknob. He said, no, I'm the resurrection and the life. Though he was dead, yet he shall live. Jesus knew his authority. He knew his right over the earth realm because he knew God gave him that right. When we know that God has given us that right to reign and rule on this earth, we don't just sit here, y'all, and watch a person die in front of us without standing up and speaking life. Man don't know God like we know God unless they have accepted him and unless they have renewed their mind according to him. They don't know him. Only thing they know is natural wisdom, natural knowledge. All of that's puffed up. So we have to do it according to him. We as saints, separated ones, have to do it according to the word of God, no matter what it appear to be. We have to say, God, that's not what your word said. God said we have to command him. He gave us the right to speak those things that be not as though they were. And what we're doing, we're speaking ill will. We're speaking down on people instead of saying, yes, they're doing this. But that's not what the word of God has to say about them. We switch it, we change it according to what the word of God said. They are the righteousness of God. They shall shall succeed. They shall make it in every area of their lives. Even when it comes to our children, if they're going in one direction, we pull them back to the direction they need to go in. Even though we see in them doing something else, we say, no, that's not God. That's not the life that God has for them. But through our frustration. Through us getting tired all the time, we speak just like the world would speak. You ain't going to make it. You're never going to make it. You're just like your granddaddy was. You go way back, boy. We don't do that. We always speak positive. We always give them what the word of God is telling us to give them. So those disciples, they were given authority. And some people say, well, that was them. That ain't us. See, that's just how ignorant people are today. If he's in us, Christ in us, the hope of glory, everything that belongs to him belongs to us. We have an inheritance in Christ. 
So Christ paid the price for us to have what we have. And we need to start using what we have instead of waiting on man to fix something man cannot fix. You got to go on what the word of God is saying outside of what man is saying. Because if it's not in alignment with him, you reject it. Look at the news all you want. I ain't stopping nobody from looking at the news. But if you coming out of looking at the news and you talking like they're talking and you a Christian, a saint, you don't need to look at news no more. Because whatever they're saying outside of the word, you should be talking to it. That's a lie. That ain't what God's word said. God is greater than everything that you're saying. That's what we supposed to be saying. But we're saying exactly what they're saying. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it will eat the fruit thereof. We got Christians coming against Christians because they're speaking different things but serving the same God. That don't line up. At all. This is why we have to hear what the spirit is saying. This is why we have to know where to go, when and when to go. We don't go outside of him. We have to learn to wait on the Lord. And as we're waiting on him, he's going to renew our strength. That's when we mount up with wings as an eagle. That's when we run and not get weary. That's when we walk and not faint. Why? Because I waited on the Lord. And he's strengthening my heart. I can be of a good courage. Why? Because I have waited on the Lord. And I am dwelling in the secret place of the Most High. I am abiding in the shadows of the Almighty. I can say unto the Lord that he is my refuge. He is my fortress he is my hiding place he is my strength he is my present help in the time of trouble and though evil surround me it shall not come nigh my dwelling why because God has given his angels charge over me to keep me and guard me in all of my ways so what you talking about I don't know only thing I know is what he says I only do what he says People get mad at you because you're doing what he's saying. And the reason why they're mad because they're out of the will of God. You can stir anybody up that's out of the will of God and they blow up just like a blowfish. Because they're out of his will and then they try to change your testimony because their testimony been off a long time ago. They don't want people to look at them as looking like they don't know what they're talking about. So they got to bring you down so they can look high. That's the enemy himself. He want to be exalted. We have to humble ourselves up under the mighty hand of God. And he will exalt us in due season. Why? Because we humbling ourselves up under him. Because it ain't about us. It's about him. God, whatever you want me to do, however you want me to do it. God, that's what I'll do. And I'll keep my opinion to myself. All of us have opinions. All of us want to say and do what we feel is right. But one thing that I have learned. Sometimes you don't know why a person is doing what they do. And if you don't know why they're doing what they do, I'm going to give you a suggestion. Ask them. But if the Holy Spirit is giving you something and you know it's the Holy Spirit giving it to you, you need to give it to them because he's helping you to help them. But if he haven't given you anything and you coming in naturally, you need to hush. Because God is a supernatural God. So they had the authority to be sent out. And see, this is why 
People have to be discipled, y'all. Everybody want to teach. Everybody want to preach. Everybody want to sing. And the reason why? Because they want to say, see me, hear me, be attached to me. But you need to be taught first to be a disciple. You got to go through the teaching first. And God's going to know who's going to be chosen just like his pattern. He had many followers. Sent them out by two, but he only chose 12. So you can't have a whole church full of a lot of teachers that don't know how to teach. Can't have a whole church full of pastors and elders and apostles. Everybody want to be a prophet. That's why so many churches are full because you got that prophet rolling stuff off their mouth that God ain't said. And you excited because you're going to get you a nice car and you're going to get you a nice house and you're going to have you a few babies. And God got a man for you. Don't be discouraged. Come on now. You don't have to be alone all your life. Them number lies. You ain't alone now, baby. Because he said he'll never leave you or forsake you. But when they say a prophet in the house, people fill up the house outside of COVID-19. Because you want a word because you're too lazy to get into the word of God and allow the word to get into you. So you really know what God is saying. We sh- It shouldn't be that way. Anybody that say, I'm going to pray for you, but I need a little bit of money to do it. And some of y'all are giving it to them on Facebook. I got something that will clean you out, but it's going to cost you this much. And some of y'all are paying it to get cleaned out. Just eat a prune or something. You can clean your own self out. Eat a lot of uh, fruit. You can clean your own self out. Come on, God created everything to clean you out. Now you're getting other stuff to clean you out. Daddy say casserole. That's the oldest remedy right there. They give you a little bit of casserole. And while we on the subject, Mr. Elijah Walker, daddy, I remember my husband was going through y'all. So he called my daddy, him and my son. And my daddy say, Tell him to take some casserole. I said, okay. So I told him to take the casserole. He gave a little bit to Jeremy, but let me tell you what he did. I come back in the house. My husband had taken a half a bottle of casserole. I said, who told you to take that half bottle? Your daddy said it'd be all right. I said, don't you listen to daddy. Daddy, double dose. He said it'd be all right. My husband stayed on that toilet all night till his legs got numb. Then my poor little son, Jeremy, he was fussing him out. Tell me, you can't hold your own mess, boy. But guess what daddy told him? Daddy called back and said, Asper, how much of that casserole he took? So he said half a bottle. He said, I won't take that much. (laughs) But he was cleaned out. He may have been weak, but he was cleaned out. Let the weak say they're strong. (laughs) Amen, folks. So what am I saying? It's stuff that'll clean you out that you don't have to pay all that money for and keep going back and back and back because God already set things up for us here on this earth. But you got to hear God and not hear man because everything that man make ain't good. Just because they say it's good don't mean it's good. So that's why you got to hear the spirit of the Lord. Amen. You got to hear what he said. So God has given us authority. He has given us right to rule and reign over this earth. And God said he want us to take that authority. When things are coming in your house, you have the right to say, oh, not up in here. 
You're not coming up in here. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Remember, he said he gave us the keys to the kingdom. Yo, we got keys to the kingdom. Every door up there in the kingdom for healing, for deliverance. We got the keys. We can unlock. He said, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. But I cannot bind it in heaven until you bind it on the earth. Everything that you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. But I can't loose until you loose. Come on. He's given us that right. Now that you're in Christ, you have that right. Why are you sitting there acting like you don't have nothing? And we're told this over and over again, but we act like we don't have anything. So it's time for us, church, to rise up and to be who we are in him and not who we are in ourselves. When I learned these principles... When I really, truly got into the word of God and I said, wait a minute, if he did it, I supposed to be doing it. He tell us, he told you to heal the sick. That's what he said. He said, you heal all manners of sickness and diseases. How are you going to do it with the power and authority that he has given you to do it in Jesus name? How do you think the disciples did it in Jesus name? They did everything according to his name. They were in training with him. So everything they saw him do, that's what they done. They didn't leave people in the state that they were in because they knew they had authority over it. The devil don't have no right, not unless you give it to him. And we need to stop giving him right in our homes and with our children. We need to let him know, no, you don't have no right here. No, you're not going to come rule this house. This house is already ruled. So we have to take authority. Church, rise up. We're going to continue some more next Sunday because I'm giving you a little at a time because once we bring all this together, we're going to realize I have not been doing what God want me to do, what God has commissioned me to do. Some of us have gotten lazy. Since this pandemic, some Christians have gotten lazy. They don't want to come in the house of God no more. They don't want to do things for God no more, but they're steady doing things for the world. They give up on God quicker than they give up on the world. They sit down on God, but they rise up for the world. Everything that the world is in, they want to be in because they want to say, see me, hear me, be attached to me. People don't want to do what the church is doing. Why? Because it don't look as glamorous. But what we're doing is bringing life. We're bringing the life of God to people that are walking around dead and don't know it. People that are walking around dead and don't know it. The devil wants you in hell with him. Jesus did not make hell for us. He made hell for the demons, not the people of God. He did not make hell for us. That's why he died for us. So we don't have to go to hell so we can accept what he has done. For by grace are you saved through faith and not of what? Not of yourselves, for it is the gift of God. So church, again, I'm going to say, let's start rising up in the authority that we have now that we're in Christ. And being that we're in that authority, guess what? When he sat down, we're sitting with him. And we're over every principality and every power and every spirit of wickedness and every in high place and every spirit of darkness. Guess what? We're above them. They don't have rule and reign above us. 
So when you know this, you will rise up in your home and say, take your hands off of my daughter. Take your hands off of my son. Take your hands off of my husband. Take your hands off of my job. And you begin to speak life into those dead situations. And I'm going to tell you, when you speak it and when you know that is true, you can go your way. Because you know that God has already taken care of what he has said. Amen. God is an awesome God. Give him a hand clap of praise.